Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen gather close that you might hearken the story of mike and mike go to the movies outlets of kofi donations afforded these brave young podcasters a space to earn gold on the side but they soon fell to darkness when one such donation pushed them into uncharted realms when not one but two episodes of their podcast must be dedicated to exploring the secrets and idiosyncrasies of two films released 23 years apart and in order to get to the film that is getting good reviews and seems generally well liked going so far as to dethrone Sir Jonathan Wick the Gunslinger at the box office three days hence. The two podcasters must first journey into the abyss and talk about a film they would have no intention of sitting through otherwise. And their journey ends today as they ready themselves to discuss Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is someone who is much more familiar with the world of Dungeons and Dragons than I am. <laughs> Mike Decretio. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. That was an excellent intro. Good job, Mike. Thank you. Did it did it feel like it, you were in a in a game like a dungeon master was kind of ex, like explaining the plot of the game? Yeah, team? yeah. It felt like the beginning of the community D anD D episode. That's literally Mike. I uh, yep. I pulled up the uh, the quotes page and <laughs> copy and pasted and just inserted some other stuff in there. Nice, good job. Yes, uh, and that is basically the extent of my D anD D knowledge is those two episodes of Community that are Dungeon Dragon space. Yes, yeah. So uh, we should talk about this. So basically. Uh, for those who are just joining us who have never listened to like I might go to the movies before but are maybe just huge D&D nerds who want to just gobble up every piece of D&D content they can this episode of the show we're going to be talking about the 2000 film Dungeons and Dragons directed by Courtney Solomon which is a movie that uh, I had heard was really bad, but I had never actually seen. I think the closest thing I had come to seeing it was at one point back in the day, the Nostalgia Critic did a review of it, like back then. Yes. Uh, had you ever seen this movie, Mike? I had not seen this movie, but I was familiar with, and I honestly just watched this movie two days ago and I don't remember the the line that Jeremy Irons is yelling when he's got the scepter. And it, it, it's bas- it looks like he's yelling unlimited power, but that's obviously not what he's yelling because that's Star Wars. Right. Uh, but it's something along those lines. Um, so like that one specific line delivery of a line I can't remember from two days ago um, <laughs> is the only visual thing that I re- knew about from this movie. But um, obviously had heard about this um, a lot and how it's pretty awful and, and all of that. And the, there's a cartoon that was also supposed to be terrible from the 80s, I think. So at least like, you know, moderately familiar with the uh, like television and film output of Dungeons right. and Dragons. Uh, but the reason we're talking about this movie today is uh, this is kind of like a two-pronged episode that uh, somebody bought at our Kofi page. And yes. uh, actually, one of the people that uh, – the, the person that bought this was one of your old D&D buddies, right, Mike? Yes, correct. Yeah, my friend David, uh, who I used to play D&D with uh, a bunch and was one of the first people I ever played with. So thanks, David, for purchasing one real bad experience and one hopefully real good experience. <laughs> Yes, uh, as of this recording, so there is a new Dungeons and Dragons movie that uh, just came out in theaters this past weekend called Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, and I've heard that's very good. It's from the directors of Game Night, uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. John Francis Daly, who used to play Sam Weir on Freaks and Geeks, uh, and nice. they recently released like a uh, a Freaks and Geeks inspired like ad for the new D and D movie, and that was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, the new D and D movie is supposed to be pretty good. I've heard a lot of really fun stuff about it, but. 
neither of us have seen it yet. Uh, I think the plan is, I mean, we're going to go see it obviously this week and then we'll talk about it next week in the podcast. Yes, that's right. Uh, like you said in the intro, we have to, we have to uh, journey into the abyss of the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie first. Yes. And uh, reach the promised land on the other side, which is hopefully honor among thieves. Exactly. Yeah. So for $50, you can uh, donate to our Kofi page. You can buy an episode, make us watch whatever movie you want. Do- it doesn't matter. You know, it, it can be anything. It could be something we've seen before. As long as it's not like, you know, eight hours or something like yeah. if it's going to be like a huge time sink, uh, it, it should be something that, uh, you know, is within our power to do. And, uh, we are happy to, uh, yeah, be bought basically. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, jo- I've never, uh, I think it was a week or two ago. I joked about somebody making us watch that Andy Warhol eight hour, uh, empire state building, uh, right. movie. And then did you see arrow? put out a teaser for like uh, Arrow releasing was like oh stay tuned for a new announcement and it was just a picture of the Empire State Building and everybody was like holy shit is it gonna be this Andy Warhol movie (laughs) Uh, which is insane but no it turns out to have been a I think it's Empire releasing or something um, box set which is um, the movie the studio that Charlie Band the guy that makes all the uh, Puppet Master movies and yeah. Full Moon move pictures I think is what it's called now uh, but anyways his studio from the 80s and they're putting out like a huge box set of their movies so oh, that's, nice. that's kind of cool but for like a hot second there was a potential that Arrow releasing would be re- putting out a <laughs> An eight-hour Andy Warhol picture. That is, uh, that would have been pretty insane. That, that would have been, been wild. wild. <laughs> that would have been wild for sure. Uh, so today is going to get real nerdy, talking about some D and D stuff. Uh, Mike's going to have to guide me through uh, yes. some of the D and D stuff here. But before we get into our discussion about the movie Dungeons and Dragons, got to tell you that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own theme songs at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. If you ever want to contact contact us and respond to someone did in the show, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike pod. And like we said, if you ever want to make a donation, head to our Kofi page for $50. You can make us watch any movie you want. And David donated $100, which is why he gets two movies. <laughs> Yeah, two episodes. <laughs> that is that. how it works. But I think, uh, you know, not that not that people are like banging down our door to donate a bunch of money to us, uh, but I think we should make it a limit, like two movies max. like <laughs> In one two, go, for sure. Two episodes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. It's time to talk Dungeons and Dragons. A child is not fit to govern an empire. The forces of darkness. You can control dragons. With the dragon army at my command, I can crush the Empress. This has got to be some twisted magic experiment gone seriously wrong. Have threatened to conquer a kingdom. What can I do to stop Profion? If you can obtain the Rod of Savril, you could control red dragons. I suggest we lay low, let the whole thing blow over, come back, rob everybody. There's one small problem. Problem? I kind of committed us to find it. Let the blood rain from Asgard! Trust me. I hate when you say that! Don't touch that! Kill them slowly. You finish the maze, you win the prize. complete this task alone. You know, I love the way you track. Uh, uh, I'll get 
get Marina, you get the map. How you get the girl and I get a map? We gotta work out some new plans. I want them found. Do you really think you can steal my destiny? Be careful. You too. trailer for Dungeons and Dragons uh, from the year 2000, directed by Courtney Solomon, starring Justin Whalen, Marlon Wayans, Thora Birch, Zoe McClellan, Lee Ehrenberg, Kristen Wilson, and of course, Jeremy Irons, among others. Uh, so, Mike D, I'm going to kind of briefly run through my experience with D&D, mm-hmm. and then you could, we can talk about you. Uh, <laughs> so... My experience with D&D is that I'm not sure I've ever actually like played a full-on game of Dungeons and Dragons specifically. I've played a couple of like, you know, tabletop RPG kind of games. Uh more specifically, I think I've played Pathfinder. Right. And that was just the one that like a friend of mine in college was kind of putting together like, "Hey, we're doing a Pathfinder game." And uh me and a few people were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll join that up and uh we'll try to do this." And there was like maybe like three or four sessions of it, uh and it was very clearly like he was taking it really seriously and we were getting drunk and goofing around uh yep, and, that sounds right. and, and so it was no fun for anyone <laughs> like he hated that we were goofing around and we hated how seriously he was taking it you know it was <laughs> one of those things uh and so that was pretty much it for a while uh, i did have an uh, like during covid in 2020 of uh, me and a few college friends kind of were set up a kind of a weekly facetime call and uh we started doing like a weekly Pathfinder game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that went on for about a year, I think. Like we wow. played it for a while. That's a whole uh, thing. That there was a whole thing. And that was very much like goofing around. Like that was, yeah. you know, I, and I don't think I ever actually like learned the rules <laughs> to <laughs> Pathfinder uh, or anything like that. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where if I said like, I'd like to do this, uh, people would be like, yeah, you could probably do that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just kind of make it up as you go along. Uh, and so that that was it. I don't think I've ever played like a strict, like rigid, like, you know, there is a world bound by rules of Dungeons and Dragons and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But that's that's pretty much it. And so for the, the year of the pandemic, I was playing some Pathfinder uh, and that kind of fizzled out once, you know, we all got vaccinated and like, you know, life started happening again. And you know, then two of the friends had a kid so that there was that whole thing. So they ruined uh, that. Exactly. So so that's pretty much my experience uh, with these kind of tabletop RPG stuff. But I do love the community Dungeons and Dragons episodes where Stranger Things involves D&D in a big way. And so I know I know it through pop culture. Uh, but if you ask me anything about anything in Dungeons and Dragons, I do not know a single thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no concrete answers. Exactly. Uh, you, on the other end, you were pretty deep into D&D for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Starting in uh, 2015, back when uh, Critical Role first started, which right. know, was uh, all the voice actors that are uh, super famous and I think all have cameos in the D&D movie, which I'm excited to see what they end up oh, being. In the new um, one? Or at least some of them do at least. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it kind of grew up or like 
I got involved in that fandom and that community, and that was sort of like the whole thing. And then that's where I was like, hey, we're thousands of people that like love watching these people play D&D. Why don't we play D&D? <laughs> like, wait a second. And it just kind of, <laughs> it was actually so small and so long ago. It was 2015 when we started the pod also. Yeah. Um, but it was, the community was so like tight knit then that it was a Skype group chat or a Skype chat room or whatever is where like everybody would hang out. Um, so it was like pre discord, pre all that. And like, it was insane. We all kind of split off into that and formed like campaigns. And it was just like, Oh, who, these people right. are trying to organize a game for Tuesdays. Well, who's available. And it was all strangers. Um, and that kind of thing. And that's how I met David was in there. And then we all, there was like six or seven of us, I think that ended up in a group. Uh, and that was our campaign. And we formed our crew. Uh, we were the half assed crew because all of us had made either half, like half elf, half orc, you know, whatever kind of uh, racial characters like that, yeah. or uh, half size because two of us were halflings, so we were uh-huh. we were all half something. So we were the half assed crew, uh, and we had that lasted for like maybe a year or so or two years. I don't really remember. We streamed it for a long time. That was really fun, um, and then it kind of just spun out from there into like oh different. Oh, you know, hey, this campaign's taking a, a you know coming to an end. Who else is around? And we'd kind of all shuffle shuffled, and we all became you know different friends, different groups, and we'd all split up and play games together we would do constant one shots which is just instead of doing like you like a, a month a month long or a year long whatever campaign we would just do like hey i'm free this saturday you want to just like play D for a couple hours and you go through a dungeon and whatever and then that's over yeah. so i uh, played in a bunch of those with david so that was that was a lot of fun and uh, yeah i actually think I, I did play in person a little bit which i remember it was um some guys that we worked with at fye and it was right when fifth edition which is like the current version of D came out Mm. Um, they like, I, I remember like jonesing so hard cause I was like, oh my God, I finally, I'm going to get to play Dungeons and Dragons in person. Cause it's like a totally different thing than, uh, online. And they were slow, slowly releasing the manuals for fifth edition. So like the player's handbook would come out and then it'd be like two months. And then it was like the monster manual. And then it'd be like two months. And then the, the dungeon master's manual came out or handbook or whatever it's called. And the person that was going to be dungeon being the dungeon master, who was going to DM for us, wanted all three books first. So it was like, okay, we're going to play D&D in six months. And we're just like, no! Nah! <laughs> and we were just all struggling. Uh, so yeah, and then we got to play in, in person and stuff, and that was, that was real fun. That was kind of my, my first intro into D&D, and then here we are, it's 2023, it's eight years later or whatever, and uh, still playing. I haven't, I'm not currently in a campaign, but I was in one uh, just wrapped up, I think it was like over... Two, maybe two years that I just finished a campaign um, okay. that was uh, DM'd by Mac, who did our lovely art uh, and logos and stuff. She was the dungeon master for that, and that was real fucking cool, man. You know, this this the thing about D anD D. It scratches that like that social, just gonna hang out with my friends thing, but right. then also the like improv, creative impulse that I, storytelling impulse that I think is in most people. And you just get to do cool shit, you know? Like that's it. You make a make a character, and you're like, yeah, I kick this guy off the roof, and you're like, yeah, you do it. It's fucking cool. <laughs> Like, you know, or whatever. Like, we, I, I pick his pocket and, and you do the whole thing. So that I think that, that to, like, get into the movie a little bit, I'm such a sucker for that kind of storytelling mm. that even though this movie is hot garbage, I still sort of had fun. Because it's like, okay, it's these two thieves. They're going to rob the magic school. They accidentally stumble into a conspiracy to overthrow the empire. That is Dungeons and Dragons and that shit rocks. I don't understand. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, 
is not good in this movie at all, but like you can see like, oh man, this is the thing. And then of course, when they run, they find, they add a wizard to their party and then they teleport outside the school and accidentally bump into like a drunken dwarf fighter dude. He's in now. And you know, it's, right. just, it's just that getting the band together out of the frying pan into the fire, dumb storytelling. That is a lot of fun and feels like a lot of camp, like D and D campaign styles and stuff. It's just written really bad. And the yeah. CG is really <laughs> bad. And the act, like none of the parts come together in this movie, but it, it was like, Oh man, I can see a version of, if I had seen this at like when I was 10, I probably would have really liked this movie, you know, like, yeah. like people that had seen the Beastmaster or whatever, when they sure. were kids, it's that got that kind of vibe. It's just worse than <laughs> the Beastmaster. <laughs> yeah. That, that was one thing I was wondering about, like, does this feel like Dungeons and Dragons? And it sounds like it does. It does. Like, it's got a know. lot of the iconography and names of stuff, but it's just like, they're checking the boxes in this movie, you know? Okay. Cause that was kind of what I like wonder was I, like, I mean, as far as I know about D and D like it's a world with like, you know, actual different species and different items and all that kind of stuff. But like the stories are different, like every time you play it and it's like different depending on who you're playing it with. Right. Uh, so as far as like adapting something, I think it would be really difficult to adapt unless you want to just, you could just make like generic fantasy movie and slap the name Dungeons and Dragons on there. And it's like, yeah, I guess this, that's D and D. I mean, so that's the thing I think, I mean, I guess we'll see with, with uh, honor among thieves, but, and of course not having made a movie or done anything like that, like it'd be fucking easy to cr- adapt, D, you know, um, yeah. D and D because it's really just sort of a brand and like a style of story kind of really, there is official like D and D, adventures and there's tons of novels and like stuff like that which I thought I was wondering if like the the most famous character was going to show up in this movie but he doesn't which I uh, okay. that would have been funny who is um, the most famous character in D&D I think it's it's like uh Dritz Duerden I think is how you pronounce it but he's it's the guy that it, the the main character of like tons of novels in the 90s he was like the guy that all the books were about okay um, so he's just sort of like among the like D&D community and he's also like super overpowered and like a, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Mary Sue because that's a really loaded term, but sure. Yeah. But, but like of, in that vein, right? Yeah. Like that kind of just main character, right. Kind of yeah. thing. So everybody's like, Oh, well you're going to, what are you going to play Dritz? You know, when you, when you show up to a new campaign <laughs> with some like nerd, but anyway, so I was wondering if somebody like that was going to show up in the, in the, uh, the movie, but he doesn't, but yeah. So what I, what I was trying to say is that it's just this really like kind of broad nebulous thing. And it's just sort of like a bunch of, a bunch of monsters, monster types and like location names and things like that, that are D and D quote unquote Yeah. to me, to me. And I think to a lot of my friends and at least maybe newer players since fifth edition, which got a lot looser with a lot of this stuff, uh, as far as I understand it, previous editions were like very strict, super rule heavy, like Pathfinder is based on an older edition. So it's way more, lots, lots more math involved in like the actual rules of the game. Right. Uh, and they removed a lot of that for the newest, newer editions, which is why I really loved it from what I've like, I have played some of those older ones and you're just like, hold on. Every time you make a roll, you're like, I gotta write, I gotta write out my math like, <laughs> like this. Um, so that's annoying. But th- that era, like from 2000, I think is when a lot of that stuff started to fade away. But so yeah, th- what I was gonna s- trying to get to you also is I think like making D&D adaptations should be easy in theory because it's kind of just like a generic fantasy thing and you just put a D&D logo on it and you're like, yeah, it's Dungeons and Dragons and it could just be like an anthology franchise. Like you don't need to have have all of the same characters if there's right you know since it seems like honor among thieves is very successful i assume we're gonna get sequels uh like just set it in a completely different thing and you could 
Yeah. Just du- Dungeons and Dragons with a new subtitle, and it doesn't like it should be easy in theory. Yeah, um, I will say for to this movie's credit, you know, the movie is called Dungeons and Dragons. In the first five minutes, you are in a dungeon, and there is a dragon there, and there's uh, dragons there. Yeah. And so I was like, well, all right, that, it's it's D and D. You did <laughs> there it. it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny too. They like really say the phrase "honor among thieves" direct to camera like they three do. or four times. <laughs> and to, to the point where I was wondering because the new one is called "Honor Among yeah. Thieves." Is that like a thing in D&D? Is that like a... It's not... (laughs) No, like I wonder if that's a reference to this movie now, like in the new movie. I don't know. But so the thing too, like, you know, the part of the stuff that makes it feel like Dungeons and Dragons in this movie is, you know, they they go to like a thieves guild and like all that, like all that kind of shit is like Dungeon and like the King's Guard and like, you know, all those kind of just fancy fantasy organizations and stuff like that feature pretty heavily in a lot of D&D games. Um, so that was the kind of stuff that like made this movie feel surprisingly more like a and d thing than I thought it might. So that was fun. And yeah, so I, but yeah, what, every time they say like, what about Honor Among Thieves? And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like, that's just, this is really weird actually yeah. that they keep saying that. So yeah, and did you catch the guy that is the head of the Thieves Guild? I don't remember his character's name. Uh, oh, uh, Zilius. Yes. Uh, Richard Zilus. O'Brien. Yeah, it's Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was looking at him and I was like, this guy kind of sounds familiar. And then he was like, no, they're betting on how much he'll die. And I was like, that's Riff Raff. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, there it is. Uh, there was him. And then also uh, the, the girl who plays the princess, or M- Empress Savina, is uh, the little sister from Hocus Pocus. Yes, yeah, that's which right. I, as soon as she showed up, I was like, this girl looks really familiar. And uh, then I like looked it up and yeah, she... I just have only seen her as like an eight-year-old. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> Isn't that Thora Birch, right? That's who that it is, is. It is Thora Birch. So I guess she's in other stuff, but yeah. I, I like American Beauty and stuff. But like, that's what I immediately jumped to. Is like, oh yes, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> there yeah. it is. What do you call them? Yabos? Yes. The she doesn't most... say that line in this movie. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. They might as well have. It could have been, that could be a and d thing. That, that absolutely could be, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, you've got, uh, so so this movie stars uh, Justin Whalen as Ridley Freeborn, uh, who's kind of the main character of the movie. Uh, he sucks. He's like he the sucks. worst guy. Yeah, he blows. <laughs> uh, although it did, it, the fact that his name is Ridley did give me my favorite line in the movie, uh, which is when Jeremy Irons, I think, I think it's him, says, uh, not so talented, eh, Mr. Ridley? Yeah. And I, was, and I thought to myself, like, wait, is a talented Mr. Ripley <laughs> in the D&D movie? And then I was like, well, you know, this movie came out in 2000. It was probably filming in 99, which is when Talented Mr. Ripley came out. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking, do you think Jeremy Irons just, like, didn't care and improv that line? And they left it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or they were like that writing like that it might so be what close. It is. <laughs> they're writing it so close to filming it. They, they were just like, I don't know, throw a talented Mr. Ripley reference in there. Uh, but I absolutely noticed that. That was very funny. <laughs> yes, uh, that was that was wild. But yeah, that guy is like he's like a just this black hole of charisma. That like yeah. at the center of this movie, like it really fights to. Uh, I mean, I, I would say the movie fights to overcome that, but it doesn't really. You know, but, you know, it's he's kind of the main character along with Marlon Wayans as Snails, uh, which is a great character name. uh, Big fan of Snails. Um, And but yeah, so they're kind of like, you know, the bickering back and forth the whole time. They're kind of a buddy comedy duo and none of their comedy lands. (laughs) It's it's pretty rough. Yeah, the whole the whole shtick of the movie is like you get the Ridley saying, "You go get the map, I'll go save the princess." And Marlon Wayans going, "How come you always get the girl?" And that's the joke for 2 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. It's the same setup every time. 
<laughs> yep, pretty much. And then Snails dies at the end. Yeah, he gets fucking murdered. Yeah, and it's meant to be like this, like, you know, oh my God, like, uh, like they're visiting Snails' grave at the end of the movie, and you're like, oh man, I, I, I guess I should be feeling something <laughs> for this character. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I mean, so I was watching the movie, and I was trying to pay attention to it, and then like by the back half, I was like, I'm checked out of this, man. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it becomes like a very big, like, you know, CGI battle with like dragons and things like flying everywhere magic spells being cast but it all looks pretty bad yeah uh, like you know every cg effect looks bad the green screen effects they're on look bad like everything about it just looks bad and it looks like sludge uh and it kind of just makes it kind of an incomprehensible last 30 minutes or so pretty much yeah there there's a couple of moments where like where they're like recovering with the elves or whatever i think uh you know it's what in that scene and ridley and the wizard lady whose name I don't I can't remember anybody's name in this movie uh they're talking but but basically it's like the the shot of of the wizard lady is like on a set and like it's like looks pretty good and then it it cuts to the reverse with Ridley who's just like in front of a green screen with a big forest behind him and you're like oh my god just like put him in a doorway instead and this (laughs) this scene is fine like there's a lot of things like that where they just put a green screen in or, or whatever a digital effect and it just really drags every time everything down every time there's a digital effect yeah and there's a lot of them uh throughout the movie yeah yeah i mean all of that is bad but i think everybody who is in the movie just feels like man they wish they weren't here <laughs> like mm-hmm. at any point and uh there's no like there's no build up between the characters there's kind of like a romance that's kind of built between ridley and marina marina uh, yes. who is the the mage but it's one of those things where like you know they'll meet and then she's like she leaves and he's like ah just like a mage uh, yep. or whatever. And I'm like, is it? I, I don't know what a mage is. I got, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I feel like I'm being thrown into this world without any kind of like primer for, for what this world is. You know, there's no introduction to it, uh, you know, which on the one hand, like I, in some movies, I like that, like that kind of like, you know, very immersive, just throw you in the world and you kind of figure it out as you go along. Uh, but I think for this, I feel like I needed like some kind of introduction character who is like, ah, what's all this then? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or at least develop the characters that you have a little bit better so that like you know this thief character can be kind of a point of view guy who gets introduced to all these different species or whatever it just kind of felt like everybody both knows everything that's happening already but also no like the actors don't know what's happening already yes (laughs) like nobody involved seems like they really get the movie that uh, is trying to be made here yeah yeah and i think that really comes through in that that last half hour that you were talking about where it's just like quick cuts to close-ups of people being like ah and like throwing their hands forward and then it cuts away to a cgi spell effect thing that just looks like trash uh and you can tell just nobody knows what these things are supposed to look like and where they're going and what's happening and and we're cutting to people riding uh riding dragons and it's like you're clearly just on a wooden saddle like, <laughs> or like a wooden horse uh you know and, yes and when it becomes that that just dragon battle it looks so goddamn bad yeah it, it looks real bad there was a uh, there was a deleted scene from this movie that uh, i actually saw on twitter shortly after i watched the movie and it's like this thing where uh ridley is like approaching a dragon right i think it's mm-hmm. a dragon that he's approaching and he's like waking it up uh, or whatever but the deleted scene the effect's not finished uh, and so, and so you're actually watching like this huge majestic music is swelling and he's like walking up to it carefully and it's like a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah. Uh, and, and then later, like the, and then like a minute later, the dragon flies away and you just see like the worst CGI dragon you've ever seen. Like, like the birds uh, in pandemic. Away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's slightly worse than what's in the final product of the movie, basically. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks because, like I said, I, there, I sort of had fun in, like, a, this is the kind of, like, storytelling that is fun to play in D&D, where you're just some lowly idiots that stumble into a massive plot to, with the empress and the wizards and the, right. the gold dragons versus the red dragons, and you're just trying to survive and get the artifact you need to defeat the guy. You know, that kind of thing. Story structure is the D&D stuff, so it's like, yeah, this is kind of fun, but just everything else around this movie, within this movie, is just dragging it right down yeah um, which is unfortunate it is unfortunate for sure uh we do need to talk about jeremy irons uh who is i think i think he's the saving grace of this movie he is 100%. Uh, he is he is the reason to watch this uh because he's just handing it up he's overacting uh i think it's very clear that he thinks he is above this material yeah <laughs> Uh, and perhaps he is, at least for this version of the material. You know, I, I recently watched uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, nice. which Jeremy Irons is also the villain in that movie. And he's totally locked into that movie. He's so good in yeah. Die Hard 3. He's really fun. And uh, this, he's the villain. And uh, as opposed to that movie, Die Hard 3, where he's giving, I wouldn't say like a subtle performance, but he's like, you know, having he's having fun. He's like doing villainous stuff here. He's like cranked it up to 11 and it's just like shouting and going nuts. Uh, and, you know, this is like he has like weird facial tics. He's, he has, there's this one moment where he's like, <laughs> like, he just has like a weird like breath thing that he does. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that was very fun. A shout out to Jeremy Irons for making this movie at least a little bit watchable. <laughs> at least a little bit goofy. Yeah. I, man, he's so good in Die Hard 3. <laughs> I he's really good movie. in Die Hard 3. Yeah. He rocks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was surprised because I, I had never seen Die Hard 3 before until last Crazy. week. Crazy. Which is wild. Like, uh, unbelievable that I went almost 30 years of my life and had never seen Die Hard 3. But uh, I was kind of blown away by how much that movie is not just a retread of the first Die Hard, like Die Hard 2 is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Die Hard 3 is like, oh, now we just have John McClane as a cop. <laughs> in the city and it's a great New York movie. It's yeah. a really good New York City movie. Like a lot of the movie is about the geography of New York City. Uh, Chester A. Arthur Middle School or whatever it is, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's also like a weird relic of its time because that plot point could not exist if smartphones hap uh, had happened already, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Like right, that entire yeah, yeah. thing, like that entire thing would just be done. <laughs> like they, they have to like figure out who's the 21st president of the United States and they have to just know that, yeah. you know? Uh, and they have to find somebody who knows that answer thus it's pretty great and yeah he and sam jackson are so good die hard three much better than dungeons and dragons from the year 2000 <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that scene where they gotta like get the water to weigh correctly yeah <laughs> very scary very tense yeah that was so tense because i also had to figure it out in my head like how does that work <laughs> how do math how do volume yeah <laughs> Uh, yes, Die Hard 3 is really good. Uh, I do want to give a shout out also to one other person in this movie, uh, who is Bruce Payne as Damodar, who is yeah. like, uh, Jeremy Irons is number two. And literally, I think the one thing I remembered from this movie is like, oh, there's a guy who wears blue lipstick in, the, in this, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. And yeah, he, he certainly does. He definitely does. He's and he has brain great. worms. <laughs> Yeah, they don't explain that at all. I was trying to figure out what, like, is that a D&D &D monster or something? Like, Because there's a couple, like, iconic D&D &D monsters, I think. Um, right. That would be, like, these should be in the movie kind of thing. Right. The ones who are name-checked in Stranger Things, right? That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. You know, dragons, check. Mind uh, Flayer. Mind flayers, that's what I think that might have been a reference to because mind flayers in D&D are like tentacle face mo like monsters that eat your brains. Okay. Uh, so like I thought that's maybe what they were trying to do with like the things that come out of his ear or something. But yeah, but they don't. I, uh, Jeremy Irons is just like, ha ha, you have a, a brain worm now. <laughs> 
And then they're like, now you don't at the end of the movie. Like, right. It doesn't really explain it or, or yeah. anything. The other one that was really funny in the movie because they're like, I, so it's the beholder is the uh, monster, which is just a, basically a giant meatball eyeball with eye stalks. And they have them in their like uh, camp uh, when they like are trying to steal the map when Snails dies, like in that yeah. scene or that sequence, like when they're sneaking up to the thing, they're like, look, beholders. And they cut to them, and they sh- you see like two or three of them floating around in- outside the camp, and then they're never in the movie again. <laughs> like <laughs> they don't even fight them; they don't they don't do anything. They like throw a rock and distract the beholders, and then sneak past them, and then they're gone. And they're like, "But these are the other monsters. It's like the D- it's the the dragon, the mind flayers, and beholders. Come on!" Yeah. So that was really funny, and that was one of the things where it was like, "Okay, yeah, you're just crossing off the list." You're like, "Oh yeah, put in my- put in some beholders, put in a thieves guild, put in a the the red gem." that goes in the dragon statue eye like that's a famous D thing stuff like that but uh okay. that was pretty funny though where they're like beholders and then they're just like we're ran out of budget they're gone yes they're <laughs> let gone. us never speak of them again yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah did you know mike that this movie had two sequels what <laughs> yeah uh so this movie bombed to the box office like it, it you know yeah. crashed and burned people hated it uh i think it actually it made 33 million dollars seems like a lot uh its budget was 45 million uh um, wow which also seems like a lot based on just what's on the screen but uh yeah so the movie bombed to the box office uh, critically did not do well there were two sequels one of which was uh, a made for tv movie uh okay. which aired on the sci-fi channel uh wrath of the dragon god is the name of it and actually the guy who played damodar is back he he returned in the sequel damodar Dam- was back he was back as damodar yeah he, that's he, cool he done the blue lipstick once again <laughs> and returned for dungeons and dragons 2 and then there was a third movie which went direct to dvd called the book of vile darkness um so it's a D ass name yeah it is <laughs> so yeah th- those exist but i don't think anyone's ever seen them <laughs> wait I, damodar gets thrown off the spire at the end of this movie hold on good points good point yeah damodar presumed dead right he's theoretically not uh, is he the one that gets thrown off, or is it Jeremy Irons, actually? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the plot summary for the second one right now. <laughs> uh, set 100 years after the first film, cool. uh, Damodar is revived after his defeat by Ridley Freeborn, having been cursed by his former master, Profion, to walk the Earth as an undead entity. <laughs> um, that sounds driven, rad as hell. Driven insane by the curse, he seeks revenge against the kingdom of Izmir and the descendants of those who defeated him. So I guess he's the main villain of uh, Dungeons & Dragons 2. This actually sounds way better this that's, sounds pretty good <laughs> that sounds cool as hell and like that's the thing like that's some dnd ass shit you know like yeah it sounds great if I, an undead villain from the first adventure coming back it's, it's the new campaign like come on we gotta do it um <laughs> I bet it's terrible. Though. It's probably really bad. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't imagine it's good, but like that, that premise, it's pretty solid. And, and it got, and it brought back Damodar. So yeah. There was that brought back the best part. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the best part was Jeremy Irons. The second, Whoa, best part. Okay. second best part. Uh, any other bits, any, any other random scenes in Dungeons and Dragons that you want to talk about, Mike, any random things that pop out to you? Um, or should t- we just talk about Die Hard three? We can definitely do that also. <laughs> um, I think it was fun. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I keep just coming back to like the, oh man, it's uh, kind of so close, but not really just like, you know, having it all be about having to retrieve the MacGuffin. Like you got to go through the dungeon and the maze and do all that stuff and yeah. get the rod of whatever that's protected by these undead skeleton guy, you know, all, all that kind of shit. You're like, oh man, like you're doing the things you're, you're, you're hitting the story points that I enjoy, which is why I gave it like two stars on Letterboxd. Cause you're yeah. like, you've got a baseline thing going that I'm, I'm enjoying. 
Uh, but then just the quality of everything else around that is is pretty rough, which is unfortunate. And but so yeah, so then it just devolves into the dragons out of nowhere, and it's so bad, and it goes on for so long. Yeah, and it's like uh, I think really the birds and birdemic is the closest thing kind, I could think. Kind of, kinda, yeah. I mean, it's granted, it's tough to you know, dragons are expensive. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. it. To, I get to make it. a good looking dragon, you got to spend like a few million bucks, right? You know, right? Yeah, Game, Game of Thrones was like you know, it's. It, Every episode, it costs like seven million dollars or something. So, like, yeah, I get it. But also, like, you know, well, like, <laughs> like you could have done something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, the weird thing is, uh, so this movie was distributed by New Line Cinema, like a yeah. pretty major studio. The next year, uh, New Line would release The Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. That's a good point. Re- really good looking fantasy movie. You know that that movie looks pretty great. And it's kind of wild to think like they the year before that they had put out Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, I think it's that wet of magic, I guess, that they have in New Zealand to do all those effects, and there's so much practical stuff in that. Sure, and there there is a lot of practical things in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Like there's like yeah. the kind of cantina scene, quote unquote, uh, when they're at the bar. Sure. Every fantasy uh, uh, movie needs a cantina scene. <laughs> gotta have a cantina scene. Uh, and it's full of like half orcs and monsters and whatever. And all. And those guys are all practical, it looks like. They may not be great, but like it's definitely right. dudes in masks and, and armor and stuff, which yep. is pretty cool. Uh, and then we just had no budget left, I guess, for the CGI effects. And I guess <laughs> it's 2000. How good are they going to be? Uh, even this week for, um, or next week for Complete Works, we're talking mu- the Mummy franchise a little bit. And, sure. you know, that's 99, I think 2001, and then 2000. And then 2008. Yeah, and the, the Mummy never had the best effects either. The first yeah. one has some all right effects. The the ones after that, for whatever reason, I can't even really fathom why they like got as crummy as they did. Yeah. Um, but the Mummy Returns and Mummy 3 both have like pretty questionable CGI. Effects. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like, and they were know. bad at the time. That's also the thing. <laughs> like, the they thing. weren't good then. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's, that's where, what I was going to say to compare those, these, these things. Like, even in 2000, this would have been bad. Uh, right. Computer of CGI effects, you know? Right. Uh, cause you're, cause you're comparing it to like other movies that have CGI around this time. And like, I mean, seven years earlier, nine years earlier, Terminator 2 comes out and, yeah. you know, Jurassic Park comes out. Like, there's good CGI out there. And right. a lot, a lot, some of those effects still hold up today they look great Jurassic Park looks great <laughs> looks great you know and typically those are usually like a combination of CGI practical effects and all that kind of stuff yeah Dungeons and Dragons I think came out around the time when yeah there were some practical effects but a lot of it was CG and uh, it was kind of that transition point where more and more movies were leaning on CG and so as a result like stuff looked crummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Matrix 99, a lot of that's also looks great. Looks great. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Conflicted. I, I didn't, you know, it's not a good movie and I'm not going to pretend it's like has any real redeeming qualities, but there is definitely the timeline that I saw this when I was 10 and rented it from Blockbuster all the time yeah. and like would have loved this movie as like a little kid, but I never saw it till now. So that, that version of Mike never existed. Um, so unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I could, I could see the potential, you know? Yes. In another life, you would have really loved doing long and taxes with the mic who watched Dungeons <laughs> Okay, wait, though. Is everyone pretending that's a bad line now? I don't understand what that meme was. No, I think the meme, I mean, I think the meme is just, it's funny to add that line to other movies. That's, that's, okay. that's what I got. I, I saw one that was like The Lighthouse and it was Willem Dafoe saying it to Robert Pattinson and I was like, that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I just saw it with like all, like just in every movie and was like, do people not think this is good now? I don't understand the internet who can, sometimes. Who can keep track of Twitter anymore, you know, these days? True. Especially these days. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, turn, I I logged into Twitter today and they replaced the uh, the bird with a Doge uh, logo, the dog. Yep. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the really good theory, one, that uh, it's probably supposed to have been an April Fool's joke, but he <laughs> fired everyone, so nobody knew how to, up, it took them three days to implement it. Right. Or two, uh, it's to distract from the the fact that he's that Musk is embroiled in like a two hundred fifty million dollar SEC f- like defrauding yeah. uh, over Dogecoin uh, lawsuit. So that's pretty fun. Right. Like, so when you search like Elon Musk Doge, this is going to be what pops up instead of that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think that is actually probably what is <laughs> what is happening. Uh, but I, like every time I log every time I logged into Twitter today, I just get so mad looking. <laughs> fucking doge it fucking sucks um but yeah dungeon and dragons the year 2000 yeah what a picture what a picture yeah i mean it did it did kind of re-spark a little bit of that like man i should play some D again soon hey, uh, there you go so that's exciting because it's you know i haven't played in a long time we finished that campaign with mac uh last winter i think or okay so it's been a few months it's been a while yeah and i'm like starting to get that itch again every now and then but also i don't know i kind of want to try some new other other games like you talked about i don't really want to pay play pathfinder because that's based on the complicated version of dungeons and dragons yeah i i don't know why pathfinder was always the game my friends chose they were like we're doing pathfinder and i'm like oh that sounds sounds hard sounds yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's just one of the ones that's like it's it's one of those effects where like I like so if I'm running a game, you're like, I know how to play D D, so I'm gonna run a D D game. Yeah. Uh, and I assume that was probably the guy that was running that game for you was like, I know how to play Pathfinder, so we're just gonna play Pathfinder and you guys just never bothered to, <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> to learn. <laughs> Um, but that, that was the pretty popular, that was the big offshoot, the, the main, uh, like competitor copycat, I guess, if you want of D and D for a real long time. And now there's like supposedly a new version of D and D that's coming out. Um, or is planned to come out soon. And there was this whole thing. Did we talk about this? I don't remember that they, that. Oh yes. We, yeah. You, you, I think you have talked about it on the podcast where like, I think it's, is it Hasbro that owns D and D or so they, yeah. they got like really stingy with like the actual copyrights and all the stuff that's like related to D and D now has to pay them and all that. Yeah. Right. Is that what yeah. it is? Basically. Yeah. It's the open games license is like the, like the copyright law or whatever that were like me and you can make our own thing and sell it under that. And you can't say D and D, but everybody will know that it's for that, and we can make our money off of it. And they changed the thing to now be that like we would owe royalties to Wizard to Hasbro, the right. billion dollar company. Um, you know, so I think they 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 uh, reversed course on that after the huge outpour of like you know protest. Yeah, but they heard it, you ranting about it on the podcast, and they were like, Ugh, "We made a mistake. We made a mistake." Johnny Hasbro <laughs> listens. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, of course it's Hasbro, so never trust them, basically. So, like, at any moment, they can just be like, ah, JK, <laughs> and switch it yeah. back. I, mean, I, w- I wonder if they're thinking, like, you know, that because they had the new movie coming out, they were, like, you know, thinking about, like, oh, well, how, how do we expand the D&D brand and make it our own and all that kind of stuff? Uh, because Because uh, it's been, like, you know, for the people for a while now. I mean, you had stuff like Critical Role and Dimension 20 and all these other, like, kind of D&D-related shows that, like, anybody can just make, and that's and that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's just literally free advertising for them, and they yeah. don't want it that anymore. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that means. But, yeah, everyone also... A lot of people were like, okay, wait till the movie comes out, basically, to, or wait till after the movie is out to see what Hasbro does. Because they reverse course pretty quickly and we're just like, whoop, market the movie now.
now. Uh, right. And it seems to be a very successful movie, which is great. So we'll see if now after that <laughs> they'll be like, okay, we made our millions of dollars, switch it back. But yes. um, no, I don't know. We'll see. That's just being pessimistic because well, why trust why trust a corporation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with the movie. Uh, is there anything? So we just, we just talked about Dungeons and Dragons from the year 2000. Kind of. I feel like it's a movie that has left both of our minds so quickly that it's like easy to just move on from it. Um, but based on like your viewing from that movie, uh, what do you want from the new one? I want a kind of cohesive story, you know? <laughs> I want um, a good time. <laughs> I want a good time. I want more laughs because, you know, I mean, maybe, like I said, I think this might have been aimed more at that. I was 10, 11, 12, 13. You know, like I said, the Marlon Wayne, the whole bit is like, well, how come you get the girl? That kind of like, that's the whole yeah. level of humor. So we'll see if it's, you know, having seen Game Night, I have a little more trust and a lot of the reviews seem to be like, no, this is just like a straight out comedy, uh, which yeah. is very exciting. But also like a, like I said, coherent story because a lot of this movie from 2000 feels just like we're we're in this scene now and then like star wipe we're in this scene now <laughs> star wipe <laughs> like horizontal wipe which i mean i guess that's what star wars is um but yeah just more more stuff that doesn't feel just like a checklist of scenes of like we got we got the gym we're at the dungeon we got the rod we're at right. the castle you know just doing those things and I, th- I th- you know, I think the- I have faith from at least all the reviews seem pretty good. So yeah, the reviews seem good. Uh, the- I-, I thought the trailers look pretty funny. It's got a great cast. Uh, Chris Pine in the lead role here, which that'll be great. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, which I-, I recently was thinking about this, and I was like, man, do you think Vin Diesel's really mad that he's not the Fast and Furious cast member who was in the new D and D movie? <laughs> well, uh, definitely. But he had that. Uh, what was that movie he made? Like, oh shit, I can't remember. Uh, the- Witch Hunter, I think. Uh, Something- the Last Witch Hunter. Yes, which allegedly was like. His, his Dungeons version. and Dragons character. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, cause he, he is a, uh, he's a big D and D nerd. He's supposedly he self-professed, uh, actually so much that, uh, when I played Pathfinder, my name was my, my character's name was Vin Xander cage. Yes. Uh, <laughs> good. That is my chef's kiss. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was kind of like, it's kind of weird that like there's a new D and D movie coming out. Somebody from fast and furious is in it, but it's not Vin Diesel. <laughs> Not Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, he must have been. He must be so bad that he's not in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And and based based on like just all the you know behind the scenes problems of Fast X and stuff, I wonder if that was part of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also very funny too that um there's like a big contingent in like Hollywood of people that play D and D together and stuff. And uh, Joe Manganiello is the other very big D and D guy. And he's, he hosts a game cause he, they put, they all post pictures of it and I can't remember who's in it. And what, but there's like a, a goof, name like muscle wizards or whatever they call it because it's you know joe manganello who's jacked yeah i think it's like two wwe guys uh it's like all bodybuilder type dudes <laughs> nice uh and they all just get together in joe manganello's basement uh and <laughs> play D, which is <laughs> hilarious and they're always posting pictures and stuff so yeah it's it's funny to think about you know like i wonder if there's just like a million cameos from people like that that are in i, I have no idea i haven't it's really possible heard. yeah i guess we'll i guess we'll see what happens yeah joe manginello by the way uh, you haven't watched the new season of mythic quest right i have not no okay there's season three of mythic quest uh joe manginello appears in a few episodes uh oh. as as himself uh because he gets cast in the mythic quest movie that they're making <laughs> uh and uh yeah it's 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 very funny so yeah look forward to that <laughs> that's neat good for, good for them uh, all right, so that is Dungeons and Dragons from the year 2000. We did it, Mike. We did it. You know what I think about all the time from Die Hard with a Vengeance? There's that one scene. <laughs> 
when towards the end when they're when he's driving in the the highway in the rain and uh, he just reaches under the steering wheel and rips all the <laughs> like this thing have Paris Paris or anti lock brakes I think he says yeah and he yeah rips all the cables out from under the steering wheel so he could spin the car 180 and shoot all the guys behind him I think about that all the time it's really cool there's <laughs> there's also the one scene where there, I think a guy he asks Sam Jackson like do you know how to hot wire a car and he's like yeah. <laughs> But we don't have time for that. And he just sticks a screwdriver in the keyhole and just get <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, let's finish uh, up so I can watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MDFailBlog on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, and if you want to donate to support the show and buy an episode that we could talk about that and Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, you could do that at our <laughs> Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And uh, if you want merch, we got merch at our Redbubble. Go to uh, Mike and Mike Pods. Redbubble.com. Yes, we do. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcasts on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Sorry, I'm thinking about Die Hard with the Vengeance. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Uh, all right. Next week, we are talking Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Once again, thanks to David for donating to the show and buying two full episodes. In the meantime, The Complete Works just released this episode on The Children of Huang Shi, uh, which just came out this past Monday. Next week, The Mummy. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. We are uncurling that monkey's paw and uh, talking about The Mummy 3. After so many years of Mike wanting to do a mummy episode, we sort of got our <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a fun discussion. Uh, that is the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.